Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. You're listening to Theater in College Hoops. I'm Subi alongside me today is Taylor Dammel and The Shark. We're brought to you by the Barnburner Podcast Network. Always make sure and go subscribe on whichever device it is that you use. We're here in 2022, but uh, we want to continue to give you your college hooper of the week, and that's Derek Character, former forward from the University of Louisville, also played for UTEP, and was also on those terrible Lakers teams, uh, like right after their their most recent title. I th- well, not most recent title. That was LeBron and AD, but the ones with like Kobe and Powell. I think Derek Character and those other players then came through uh, towards the end of, of Kobe's career there in L.A. Derek Character, your college hooper of the week. Check out the website at thebarnburner.com. That's the-barnburner.com. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at CBB Theater. You should also follow me at Subi232 to find out where the feet is. And make sure to follow Taylor at Taylor Dammel and the shark at the underscore shark underscore BB. Let's open the curtains for the first time in 2022. Gentlemen, I know I, I did my best to be as enthusiastic as possible, but you know when Stephen A. Smith is like, I don't know, it, it's the verbal meme. He was like, I'm, I'm sad. Actually, I'm quite devastated. So I did my best to try and sound as excited and full of hope, energy for 2022, really hit the ground running. I, I, I feel like shit, to be honest with you. I'm a little under the weather. Fiance uh, just diagnosed or tested positive for COVID. Uh, I still got a cross country drive ahead of me from Scottsdale to Chicago. It's the new year. Everything sucks. Uh, COVID cancellations 24 seven. I mean, to be honest with you, I'm just I, I, the, the only way to the only way to go is up. Taylor, how was your first week? Um, kind of similar because I'm a room over just as you are from a significant other that has COVID as well. Just want to point out that I've taken four or five negative tests in a row and that my health journey that is drinking several Coors Lights and some bourbon on a regular basis is really paying off well for me. Um, yeah, the, the week and a half or two, uh, over the holidays that is supposed to be 
pretty much secondary to like feast week in terms of college basketball. It's absolutely obliterated. I mean, pretty much since the Arizona Tennessee game, there's been like three important college basketball games. Uh, so we couldn't even have anything fill our time. I mean, obviously football is great for some more than others, um, but we didn't, really didn't have any time fillers and college basketball throughout the winter is kind of like your number one best time filler because then also all the bowls, half the bowls got canceled. So you're sitting there on a Tuesday morning between Christmas and New Year's waiting for that to happen. And half of them got canceled. Um, I, I believe you call uh, the Monday after the new year, the worst day of the year. Is that correct? It's up there. Certainly up there. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of a worse one, but I knew even though I don't have like your usual nine to five, I, I, I knew that my, uh, my leisurely schedule was coming to an end on the third because I had about five people call me and go, all right, dog, let's get out there and look at some houses. And I'm like, ah, okay. I mean, I know that's what I'm supposed to be excited about that. Right. But I'm like, okay, yep. Let's get on it. We couldn't have spaced this out over six weeks. Let's all call me today and do it. So well, yeah, I, I, saw that, on that. I saw that meme that was like big day for people circling back. So at least they're circling back to you. You don't have to go out and, and make these cold calls. At least they came to you, which is nice shark. I know I was texting you throughout Monday and I mean, I was, you seemed like Beckwith in, in Wedding Crashers reading Don't Kill Myself books. You all right, Father? I wasn't quite there, but it, it is a knee-buckling day, how bad it is. By far the worst. For me, you can always throw on the football team not making the playoffs around this time of the year as well. You're officially eliminated. But it's so bad. It is so, so bad. It's even worse right now. There's nothing to look forward to. College basketball, I don't have the same kind of oomph with it. It's hard to. We're canceling every we're 70% of the games every single night. I hate when people – I'm a big trend of um, – not a trend, a, hate, a hater of the trends. So people that get online and they'll, they'll do this, this is the – that, that's the tweet, this. And they'll, but the one that's been going around a ton lately that I literally almost just said, so it's almost enveloping me, is the what are we even doing here? type thing you see people say that all the time and i just said it i can't believe what's happening to me that should be something that i'm mocking but that's how i feel about what is happening right now we're just canceling games left and right there's going to be people that are making the tournament that have played like 18 games no conference games ucla has played one game since december 1st they've only played nine games this year i can't stand it I, i mean i mean it sucks this is a horrible time of the year normally you can just go into your cave and throw on some game on Tuesday night and, you know, pop out for air every once in a while, but you can't even do that. There's nothing to even pop into. Can't pop in, can't pop out. Popless. So, so as time of year, as, as the consummate optimist here, can, can I at least try and turn this into like good news though? Uh, you can because, try. <laughs> because that should mean, because we've had so many teams go through COVID theoretically they should all have like super immunity or whatever now right does that mean that we're just going to have like an inundated with like big games or hopefully good games every night from here on out as teams try to fill back in their schedules because like Air- let's take arizona for example right arizona had their games well, to, you see- to the nfl's doing they're cheating over in the nfl i can tell you the nfc right. east is doing that 
Shark's, that actually- got a, Shark's got his third Illuminati eye on for, <laughs> for COVID <laughs> and, I mean, and the NFL. I'm not, you're acting, looking at me like I'm a crazy person. Look around, open your eyes. Look at what the Eagles well, are doing. Yeah. The Eagles clinch the playoffs, and every single one of those guys goes on the coat. Oh, we magically all test, te- tested positive right after we clinched the playoffs against the football you, team. Well, Michael and you Parsons, know. oh, yeah, I got it now. Oh, no, I got it now, guys. Get out of here. They're not doing real tests. They're not doing real tests, though. You know they're not going to touch any of the playoff games either. Well, your boy Rogers got it out of the way in the middle of the season. That's yeah. smart. Now he doesn't get tested for seventy days, whatever the rule is. Except, except I'm going to say this, and I'm going to hate myself when I say this. His ninety day comes up uh, the Sunday before the Super Bowl. Oh, really? Didn't think that one through. But no, <laughs> the shark spiracy. <laughs> but there's, I mean, really, do you think Goodell is going to let like Aaron Rodgers, for example, or Tom Brady, or any of these guys test positive the Monday for the Super Bowl and not play? Like, come on. It's anyway, it's hold fair. on. Let me run yeah, this yeah. back for a second. Okay. So if Arizona had games that were canceled against like Wazoo and Oregon State, they're not necessarily going to care about, you know, I'd say, fuck it. If we can't fit it in the schedule, no big deal. But they had games canceled against UCLA and USC. So you know it's very important that those games get rescheduled. So hopefully the optimistic view of this is that we end up getting a higher quality of game throughout the rest of the year because teams just aren't going to schedule, oh, we fucked up our game against East, West, Middle, Technical, State, whatever. They're going to be like, yeah, whatever, fuck that game. But our game against Purdue got canceled. Well, yeah, we need to make sure we get that on the schedule. So hopefully what this means is that because so many teams went through it, there's so many teams that are immune. Now, the flip side of that is you might as well, if you're a college basketball team, you might as well have just gotten COVID the last two weeks because everybody else did. So now you might be at a disadvantage when in February or whatever, you're the only team that gets it because everybody else did, and then your season gets all fucked up. But that's my optimistic view of this is that hopefully that means we get a higher, you know, uh, uh, congregation of bigger games as the last two months of the season the last two months of the season, which is absurd to say already, but the last two months of the season come at us here. Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, it was a valiant effort. Didn't lift my spirits. I still feel like shit. Like yeah, I'm didn't, tired. Didn't. It started. Didn't do anything. Hey, for hey me. someone's got to try. I appreciate someone's got to try I, here. Okay. I appreciate it. Actually, no, I disagree with that. Let us, we need to wallow together because one of my least favorite things also is when your, your director, CEO, I'll send out an email being like, all right, just make sure, you know, enjoy time with your family, turn it off for a little bit, come back fresher than ever in 2022. I can guarantee you this is when I'm least fresh throughout the entire year. I'm just coming off of like 12 days of holiday drinking, eating, seeing people, having fun, sleeping in, being actually very sharp. I'm very blunt. This is the bluntest I've been. It takes a little bit for me to, I'm a little like pencil, right? You know, remember in fifth grade when, when you had the nice, the, the fit on that you wanted to show off to your to your fellow classmates so you kept going up to the sharpener to sharpen your pencil so everyone saw what you were wearing the new like the polos the little tech vests i need to be sharpened so when people say you know uh, this is when you're sharpest or this is when you know you're most refreshed this is when i'm least refreshed it takes a little bit of gradual ramp up time and let me tie that in actually taylor because a lot of these cancellations with the big time games i'm glad that they have been pushed out top 10 matchups like you had mentioned but what they're citing is ramp up time for these players right and we've already been through this we're kind of vets at this point uh we we missed out on baylor gonzaga last year during the regular season we got it luckily in the in the national title game but to say that I'm any sort of optimistic, I mean, you think about where we were last year, how excited were we? 
because maybe in like January, February, and I feel like this is all cyclical, but I, I didn't think we would be back to this point in January of 2022 when, I don't know, we were doing our rankings in the summer of 2020. Shark, do you, do you agree with me on that? Honestly, I had something I was just about to say and I just lost it. I'm, I'm, I'm blunt too. I'm, you're beautiful, James Blunt. I'm, I'm with you on the Blunt game over here. All right, I am down. Um, what the hell did you just say? I was just saying that, like, I didn't think we'd still be having to deal with this January 2022. Oh no, I mean, it, okay, I got it now. It just came to me. Uh, you're, you're totally right. How, who would have predicted? We, we go back to when COVID first came, when we found out everything was canceled. I remember that that day we did that show, one of the worst shows we could ever do. Horrible idea. I hate for, I hate you, Sue, for pushing me into doing that show. We do. It's supposed to be all downhill from there. That was supposed to be the worst day. Now here we are. It's 2022. It's disastrous. It's gutless. But the the ramp up time, what you're talking about. I mean, these are these are these are freaking athletes, all right? They're not coming back from Fallujah. All right, they're going to be all right. They can play next week if they have to. Give them some ramp up time. Like you got twelve guys on a team, play a walk on or two if you have to. We don't need that much ramp up time. I can't stand that. All right, you know one thing. Someone told me this. Why I thought it was great, and nobody hypes this up, but everyone's so afraid of COVID. But in basketball specifically, there's one athlete that is heralded. You put him on a pedestal for his performance when he played with an infectious, contagious disease, the Michael Jordan flu game. Everybody rubs himself to that. You know, they're doing the front farmer friend. They're rubbing nipples to that every single time. That's on a somehow like a positive pedestal. But the minute some bench warmers got COVID and can't practice because he needs ramp up time. It's like we're, we are treating these guys with kids gloves and, you know, sending them to the VA. It's ridiculous. We need to actually start playing games at this point, especially when we're living in a world. And I don't want it to get political. That's not where I'm trying to go, with this, but it's just, at some point, you can look to the left, look to the right, and then to go back to this thing that I hate, but I'm going to do it again. And you're asking, what are we doing? Well, at least we're down to five days now, you know, rather than 10. So that should be able to get us through at least, you know, uh, a, a less amount of postponement. So, okay, let me ask you two this. So what's going to turn your attitudes around about this college basketball season? Then give it to me. T- time, I suppose games actually being played it's not even about the college basketball season you know us i'll watch games i'll I'll watch bethune cookman versus fiu i tweeted out that there was theater in miami right i mean we're lunatics as it pertains to that but just give me a little bit of time to i'm not home i'm feeling a little bit under the weather my my general you've been playing you've been playing three weeks in a row of away games so yeah i've slept in my goddamn bed for like since since the arizona illinois game Right. So, I, I mean, just give me a little time. It's not necess- I'm, I'm not lashing out at the college basketball season, although it's not doing me any wonders. It's not helping me out. All right. It's not like acting like a NyQuil sort of agent. All right. They can they can be a little bit better as well. I think I just need a little bit of time. And I mean, this is what again, this is what happened last year. We hit February, March, April and everything was good. to Like a lot of people, we didn't have fans in the stands, but like I think. I think cases plummeted and we had rolled out the vaccine sometime in February, March. So I think, you know, hopefully in time, it'll be better. I'm just telling you this first week of January is Le Miserable. Very cultured of you. I will also say time uh, to answer your question uh, bluntly there, Taylor. I'm trying to think of another blunt. If we have it here, anyone, did you just, call me, did you just call me Todd? No, I heard Taylor. Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Mark Blunt. Mark Blunt. You know, so if we need a elbow jumper in 2002 on the Celtics, Mark Blunt, um, that's our guy. But no. So I would say what makes this turnaround for me, if you can get me to that Pro Bowl weekend, right, there's no football on and I'm sitting on the couch. It's a Saturday. It's a Sunday. And everybody's playing. I'm watching some sort of CBS game on Saturday. And then, you know, same sort of thing on Sunday. I don't know why I just pointed out CBS right there, but I did. Uh, if you can give me a full slate on that weekend, I will feel better about everything. But as Soup said, that's time. It takes time to get there. So I'm glad you said that because they were talking about it on ESPN today. Do you think you our big one of our big complaints is people who masquerade as sports writers don't actually pay attention to college basketball. We we can cite examples of this on a weekly basis, especially as it relates to the AP poll. So they're talking about today how the Super Bowl is a week later than it usually is and will continue to be for, you know, whatever, uh, at forever at this point. So does that mean that we're going to have another week delayed where people start to or, like fail to pay attention to college basketball until now, like literally two weeks before conference tournaments start? And then we're now we're going to get all these hot takes about who's good or who's not good or whatever. Now, not until like Valentine's Day, essentially. I think I know that doesn't necessarily matter in terms of like what the actual play is. But where's your level of annoyance with sports writers going to be when now that they still take another week to get into the college basketball mode? It's already pretty high for me, especially earlier this week when someone ranked Georgia fifth as opposed to Gonzaga. I mean, it's just egregious at this point. So I don't know if it can get any worse, but you're right. There probably is going to be some hot takes and maybe some very, very lukewarm takes in the sense that everyone's going to be like, oh, well, you know what? Baylor's looking pretty good. Yeah, dude, Baylor's looking very good. Where have you been? Right? Oh, this Chet Holmgren guy, you know, he's really popped out on our radar. Actually, you know who's going to be? It's going to be like Ben Matherin. Right. It's going to be some guys that have been very like college basketball knows how good these guys have been for the year. But because it's not, uh, you know, a top a top pick that has been scouted for a few years. That's when people are going to Johnny Davis, Johnny, Johnny Davis. Davis. Yeah. I mean, actually, also, what was I about to say? Uh, Michigan State. Uh, Didn't Michigan State start unranked this year? And now they're top 10. And so people are going to be like, well, you know, that's same old Michigan State. That's how uh, they're always yeah. going to be a top 10 team. Like, they, well, yeah, I'm sure the sports writers will be like that. So let me hop in on that. Two points. Point one. The guy that ranked Georgia, clearly a typo, right? I think we can all agree with that. Yeah, probably. But, I mean, yeah, what, I what mean, have they? Do, what have, what have college basketball writers done for me to give them that typo? That's going to, that's going to lead to my second point, but I want to finish point one first. So the guy – you're telling me it's clearly a typo. You ever make a mistake in your life, Father? Not as many times as the college basketball writers have. What do you expect when, when you make a mistake? A tongue lashing? Right. No well, remorse? You, really? Grow up right. in an Indian household. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, now you tell me that, so now I know that. All right? So next time I catch you on a mistake, I'm going to deliver that punishment to you. Point two. Why do we care? Why do we care what, whether or not people are giving the appropriate attention to college basketball? I saw this, um, I think, from Goodman. Um, about the one of the games over the weekend. People were upset that the game was being played and there was a pre-recorded halftime show. It was on ESPNU. It was Iowa State Baylor. Uh, and there's college football. On. So there's the bowl games. And everyone's like, what the fuck is this? We got bowl g- This is a great college basketball game. And there's, I got to watch, you know, Kentucky, Iowa hit the over. And everyone's upset about that. Listen, brother, 
It's it, that's what people want to watch. All right. So you can't be offended if people don't like the sport that you like. I don't want a guy that likes darts to come up to me and tell me, Hey buddy, you watched the dart match the other night. No, I did it. Don't get mad at me for not watching it. Don't give me a tongue lashing if I don't watch the dart show or bowling or, or soccer. All right. All the premier league nerds that wake up at 6am and, you know, just tweet about, you know, what a beautiful pass for an hour. You know, I don't care about that. So don't get upset with me if I'm not watching it and don't be upset if I, chirp in during the Euro cup two years later and say, Oh dude, where's, uh, where's Ronaldo? (laughs) Oh, come on. Who cares? I'm with you on that. I do agree with you because Taylor had asked me that before we started recording and I was like, fuck them. I don't care. And there is nothing worse. There is no worse fan than the gatekeeper, the gatekeeper fan being like my sport. And then when they say, Oh, this, you know, this, this player's pretty good. This, uh, this Wisconsin team's actually pretty good. It's like, well, you, where have you been all, all year, right? So it's it, I agree with you on that. I don't care. Let people enjoy what they want to enjoy. As long as we get games actually scheduled and played in a competitive fashion, I'm fine. Because the, the tournament, everyone knows for the most part, like there's a lot of there's a lot of very unwritten rules in terms of sports, right? So the NBA, it begins on Christmas for the most part. Uh, you know, people don't start to care about uh, baseball until – you know, till the, the, no one cares about pitchers and catchers. Okay. Um, Majority of the people only care maybe late August, September for the race for October. Uh, Same thing with college basketball. People will pretty much only care once Jerome starts for us. Uh, And I'm okay with that. See, my complaint is not necessarily about the fan though. It's the people who get paid to cover. That's my, like, it's like every college basketball writer is like hub arkush essentially, you know, they just wait to shoehorn him. Yeah. A hundred percent. What's just, his name? Hub. I, anyone anyone uh, asking that question? Who knows? Who knows? But they're just like, Oh, I, I like this team or I don't like this team. So I'll just put them up there, I guess, even though I didn't watch any games or anything yes. like that. So that's my complaint because then the regular person who hasn't been watching all year, which is fine then tunes into ESPN about college basketball. And this, this guy's like, Oh yeah, this team's been great. I've been watching them since also yesterday, just like you. It's like, okay, well you get paid to do this shit. So you can't make a typo and put Georgia up there because it's literally the only important thing you do all week at your job is to just type in Gonzaga, which or whatever the fuck they meant to type in because it has other than G you can then clearly see this, not the team, you know? So that's my complaint. It's like, okay, you guys are getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to make these votes. Right. And at least watch like three or four games a week. So please do that before you start talking to Who's us. Who's the guy that voted for, let's get a salary check on the guy that voted for George. Hundreds of thousands. Of <laughs> well, I mean, the people you can get it. Okay. The people who are on TV, the people who are on TV, let's All put right. it that way. So. Well, yeah. let's just, go. Okay. Let's, 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 let's go into something more positive here. Let's get the intern on that. One final thing. I just want to say, Sue, I'm a huge gatekeeper. You know that. All right. I <laughs> yes. love being yes. a gatekeeper. Any team that I'm on early on, like Xavier, oh, I'll gatekeep, right. I'll gatekeep them to 10 buck too. So if anyone's trying to jump on that bandwagon later on, they're going to hear about how I was. On we that. still have to hear about you being on Oregon like two years ago. I was, they would have won. They would have went to the final four and George Niang, Iowa state from 2014. But see, those, I mean, there's, there's levels to gatekeeping is what I would say. I mean, generally speaking, if you're beg, these are, I mean, it's hockey yeah, guys. I can't I'm, a solo, I'm a solo practitioner of a gatekeeper. All right. I'm not particular a, examples. Yes. And yeah, I do I mean, it on my own. Right. I don't, yeah, yeah. I'm not doing it. Well, it's, yes. it's well, and, and, and because like, it's not, it's not like you're saying, 
uh, I'm going to take Duke to, to the final yeah. four, although you did take Duke to win the ACC. Or no, I took Duke to win yeah, the ACC. Nice Good pick. You also, really played, good you also took Oregon, too. I'll sweat that game out against Utah. Hey, let me tell you what's another great pick. And actually, you know what? I'll save it. Go ahead, Taylor. Uh, is gatekeeping – and you, you got to differentiate between gatekeeping and I told you so, though, as well. Because I think you could you can fit in a good cousins. I told you so they're without – okay, okay. They're cousins. They're at the wedding. They're at, they head nod each other, but they're, they're related. But, you know, they're not close. I agree. They were both at the, the family Christmas – and, you know, the I told you so's is what we do on this show, right? No one, no one's begging to be on uh, uh, me and Taylor. We're not begging to be on the Sharks bandwagon. But when someone says, oh, you know, when, when Selection Sunday comes out and a bunch of people are like, oh, I'm taking Xavier to the final four. That's my sleeper. That's when the shark comes in and says, oh, let me, let me keep this gate. This is, this is my Xavier gate. I think that's the difference right there. Good differentiation. All right. Let's go ahead and actually get to a few games. First, though, I want to talk about one team. And, Taylor, you bring up national media, and they're slowly but surely gaining some momentum in terms of attention. I want to try and be the first ones to actually, you know, this it's the DiCaprio gif. In his Calvin Candy gif when he's in uh, Django, right, turns around from his fireplace seat. He says, uh, gentlemen, you know, actually, no, that's not the actual gift. The quote, though, is, you know, you've you have my attention. What is it, Shark? You have my attention. Uh, I don't know. I always say you have my attention. Now you have my attention. And you correct me. <laughs> no, no, you have my curiosity. Oh, now you have yeah, my attention. That's what it is. I'm telling you guys, very, very, very blunt show today. Uh, but that's what I want to talk about with Colorado State. Hold on real Col- quick. Who was the who was the? <laughs> Oregon running back that punched the dude on Boise State. LeGarrette Blunt. No football. Thanks, <laughs> Did you? <laughs> it just it just clicked wow. over there, didn't it, baby? Didn't it just click? All right. Uh, blunt force trauma. That's what I feel like in my head right now. Yes, LeGarrette Blunt. I actually, how about this? Here's here's an actual no football question. Uh, who did he punch? Thank you for the question. First of all. That's a little trick for you. Anytime you want to buy time, buy time. <laughs> thank them for the question. Um, I'm going to go with Boise State. Boise State. Dem- uh, no, Demarcus Lawrence. No. Taylor, do you know? No idea. Uh, it was I, it, it was a white dude, wasn't it? So Demarcus it Lawrence is, is is way more uh, current than that. Yeah, well, I'm thinking of notable guys. Like, is it? The He's, not back notable. Ian He's not notable. He's not notable. No. Why would you ask that question? Wasn't like a ginger? You know wasn't like a ginger dude as well? Kellen Moore, Leighton Van Der Esch. I'm just listing Boise State guys right now. Stra- Strawberry blonde. It was Byron Hout. Byron Hout got was on the uh, receiving end of a Laguerre blunt pout. Why? Why? Why do you know that off the top of your head? I know we know a lot of random sports shit, but that's troubling. You know what? All this Boise State talk, I'm gonna about to tie this in because it's on this topic because they play this team on Friday night. Taylor, tell us a little bit a little bit about Colorado State. I average four assist high school. There's an example of one right there. Wow, talk about a segue. Incredible. That's a really good job. Really, really well done. Kings of Leon Rice, yes. But okay, so Colorado State, they have wins over Creighton, St. Mary's, and Mississippi State. They're one of three remaining undefeateds alongside Baylor, your national defending national champs, and uh, USC, who went to the Elite Eight last year. And then there's pretty much a two-headed monster 
this Colorado State Rams team with David Roddy. Get to know the name. Mike Shinoda, remember the name. Uh, David Roddy and Isaiah, Isaiah Stevens. Roddy averaging 20 and 8. Uh, have you gotten a chance much at all to, to catch this team? I actually was searching through Twitter, and I think they're trying to reschedule something. There was a, a little bit of talk of them coming to McHale Center on Saturday, which I think would have been great for both teams, both Arizona and Colorado State. But the focus right now is on the boys uh, from Colorado State. What, do we have any uh, like a reason for this success? Is it all Roddy? I was going to comment briefly, and I'm going to gatekeep right now as well, because this team was a bubble team last year, brother. Where were you? This was a this was a very good team. They played essentially a play-in game in the Mountain West Tournament last year against Utah State. Utah State beat them. Great feat on Naheem Keita. Uh, Justin Bean was on that team, Stu. Roddy shot about two for 42, a typical night from Tennessee from the three-point line. That's what Roddy did, but he was a great player then as well. They were on the bubble. They just didn't get in because they lost that game. As of this year, I mean, they have a lot of people's attention now. They're ranked. They play in Boise on Friday night. Roddy's still there, undersized, fat, chubby, but finds a way to produce. I mean, he he, he is a big boy grilling on the roof. I think he's getting there. Uh, but he has a very smooth game to him. Yeah, I mean, they're one of the best offensive teams in the whole country. And they are uh, in the top, like, three of three-point percentage. I think they're 17th in Ken Palm in, in uh, offensive efficiency. Uh, they have beaten some... You know, not extremely notable teams, but they have beaten St. Mary's this year. They've beaten Creighton this year. Um, they also played a team called Peru State, which is probably part of the reason why they're not getting a lot of uh, love nationally, I would imagine. Um, but they are an entertaining team. They have been a good team to watch um, as they do play a lot of late games. They're really good, like, oh, I need to somehow make money on betting on sports today. So they're one of those games that you're looking to live bet at like 10 p.m. local time. Uh, so they've been one of those teams uh, this year, which I always uh, think very highly of. Uh, love your description of Roddy. Uh, could not have could not have uh, described him any better than that. You know, I think the, their only issue going forward is, you know, you talk about how they play Boise State this week. But it's not like they have a ton of notable games coming up the mountain west is not uh, it's not like full of ranked teams or anything like that so you know you'll have your san diego states and your you know your utah states and all that they really need someone else in the mountain west to become ranked so they can get a notable matchup because they're gonna they're at risk of playing this entire season so far or it's not so far but entire season in general at not even playing a ranked team throughout the entire season. So that's something to monitor as we get to towards March to say, okay, so how does the uh, selection committee think about a team that didn't play a single ranked team all season? Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see where they head towards because, well, first of all, they got our guys in San Jose State. David Miller, shout out, great friend of the program, assistant coach there, uh, and and Tim Miles. But they also, I mean, this is big time for Colorado State. This is really a neat story if you're a Rams fan, if you're an, uh, an alum. They got San Diego State at in San Diego uh, Saturday, January 8th, this upcoming Saturday, on CBS. I think that's really neat. They get a CBS West Coast standalone game. I think that's really cool. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that this team and this fan base gets behind them and understands what a gem that they really have. Cause the shark was right. This momentum has been building over the course of two years. 
And, you know, I think they're San Diego State's obviously a very good team, very well coached team with Brian Dutcher. I think we're going to see a very, I mean, it's going to be the litmus test for Colorado State. And I think, Shark, I want to get your thoughts on this. It might be a little too early, but we see some of these mid major teams, even some of these surprise teams, uh, start out very hot. Do you, if, if they continue this upward trajectory, right, where they punch their bid to the tournament? Are they an easy? Are they an easy pick to get upset? Let's say first game, second game. Colorado State or any other teams in particular. Colorado State themselves. Like, will they get upset? Is this going to be one of those deals where this season was fool's gold? No, I'm trying to think of a good comparison for what they would be. I mean, uh, you have to just look in house for them. You got to look in their neighborhood. They would probably be what Utah State's been. Utah State has been a team that would make the tournament uh, and consistently be in the double-digit seats. I mean, they kind of still are. Uh, let's let's be honest about that. I think they had a few years where they rated as an eight or a nine seed, uh, but that's kind of what they became. You want to be able to stack successive su- subsequent successful seasons. That's a tough one for you right there. But I, 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 I think they're probably a first-round out. I mean, they're going to be matched up with a, a – relatively a much more talented team from one of the power five conferences. It's probably going to be a seven, 10 matchup, eight, nine or six, 11. And they're going to be in one of those. And you're going to be left making a decision. Do I want to take them against, you know, the one that the example from last year that's jumping out to me would be St. Bonaventure versus LSU. Everybody rubbing nipples against St. Bonaventure. And then you get in there and they play LSU. They lose by 42. All right. I mean, that's just the kind of reality of some of these games. Uh, but I will give Colorado State credit because they kind of prepare for those type of matches if they have to. They played Mississippi State a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, they, they have a veteran team, but we'll see. I mean, but it's always a difficult call projecting them up against the big boys. Well, and that's, so, that's, what, I'm, that's what I'm curious about, though, is because Taylor mentioned their remaining schedule and they don't have a ton of, of good teams remaining. And they're undefeated at this juncture. I think the only... The only thing I would uh, would pick at in your comparisons is I don't know Bonnings might have been undefeated at this point last year I forget Utah State I don't think was undefeated but these guys if they continue this trajectory could be looking I, at a top three yeah like, no three if they go undefeated if they go undefeated yes yes they're in that world I don't think they're going to go undefeated though. do you I don't think they'll go undefeated but I think yeah. they could flirt with a, a much higher seed than a seven maybe a four and at that point a four thirteen. You, that's yeah. what I. That's I guess what had, I'm curious about. How many losses can they have to get a four seed? Probably three. Three, three at most. Yeah. One, of them, coming, one of them especially coming if, in the tournament, maybe. Yeah, especially if one's in the tournament. I, you know, I'll, I'll put it this way: if they're, if they're a, a four seed or a five seed, they would be the least picked five seed. Now flip that: if they were like a twelve seed or an eleven seed, they would be the most picked, uh, seed opposite that. You know, and I know you know, obviously seeding is supposed to be by best team, right? But if they lose like six games and they end up being like a 12 seed, then they're going to be the most picked team in that. So I I guess it's going to be one of those games in the tournament that's going to be 50-50. The thing that I like about them is the thing that I hate about them though. And that applies to every tournament and upset, uh, you know, that you look at in the tournament. Team I look at, especially mid-major wise, when you're in the tournament, who shoots the ball well, who plays up pace, who scores the most points. Those teams always seem to be good for or right for the taking when it comes to picking upsets in the tournament. The problem is when you're the higher seed, that is that all you need, you know, look at Virginia or whoever would pick it, pick an upset that you want. 
it's when that team's style doesn't, you know, play. So if you haven't played your style against one of the upper echelon schools in the country, that's going to be tough. Look at one of my bets I took uh, a couple of weeks ago. Was it Cornell? I think they're the number one scoring team in the country. And then they finally played some team and then they couldn't even cover like 20. Um, Colorado State's better than 20 or better than Cornell, excuse me. But that'll be the problem when it comes to the tournament for these guys is, yeah, if we haven't played anybody, the style works in the Mountain West. Great. But does it work when we play, yeah, in, in upper echelon school? That's going to be an issue. They're they're currently projected on ESPN as a seven seed uh, playing Mississippi State in the first round. And I believe they've already played Mississippi yeah, State this year and beat them. Beat so them. That, yeah. that would be, oh, you know. Joey, uh, Joey Brackett's putting Mississippi State in the tournament? What? <laughs> Yeah, it's a 10 seed. It's a 10 seed. So, yeah, higher seed than like Louisville even is. Uh, But yeah, so. Is Louisville uh, even in the field of 16? Yeah, they are. They are. Yeah. Every time I look up, that team's losing. Or is is BC in too? I mean, who else are we letting in? (laughs) Bring everyone in. But yeah, it's like like Gatsby's party, man. Everyone just come on in. So, there's right now, they're the highest ranked team obviously in the Mountain West, but they're also the highest ranked Ken Palm team in the Mountain West. Um, so they're just not going to get San Diego State and Boise State are uh, at 42 and 48 or 40, uh, 42 and 49 in Ken Palm. There's only a handful inside the top 100 though. So it's going to be total crapshoot when they get to the tournament. They could go undefeated and I bet you they'll still have, if they go so undefeated, they, they'll still they have like, undefeated. they okay. go undefeated. What's their seat? Two or three. Two. I'll say two. I would and, say two. And everybody will pick against them. That will be you might as well not even pick against them in your bracket pool because you will be in get out of, like, you don't think they would make the the sweet sixteen if they were a two seed? I'm just I'm I don't I don't know. It's all matchup. No, but, that, but, but yeah, true. I mean I I understand that. But I guess that's they would the whole, they would probably uh, make it out of the first round because they'd be playing Southern okay. or something like that. Hopefully, this I thought you were going to go back to your to your tried and true East Western Midwestern technical yeah, state. No, I just wanted that well. I just wanted. I just want to. I want just want to start more Twitter battles with Southern University Jaguars, uh, schools of death and blind, or sisters of the poor, or whatever I call them. You go to that state. well too. Yeah, yeah, you I like know. going to that well as well. No, that's well, all you know, good go with what works. So it's all um, they won't. I mean, they would be the most picked against team though throughout the whole time. They would win, probably win that first round matchup, but then from there they'd be toast. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do moving forward. Roddy, though, if you haven't heard of David Roddy, go check him out. Watch him play ball. He's one of our favorite types of basketball players, right? Shark had already mentioned big boy grilling on the roof. He's also he's just a football player. He's a football player playing college basketball, and he's just wildly efficient thighs like christmas hams right he reminds me a lot of dewan blair for a little bit as well so david roddy it's it's going to be fun seeing him grow and hopefully lead this team to more success uh, he can pass the forward. he can pass the pill too i hate to do this because this is a big comparison for me a lot of george niang and david rock a lot <laughs> can he shoot the rock like niang yeah is not last year in the him? biggest game of the year but <laughs> That, that was that was pretty big. Uh, yeah. he is he injury prone like Niang, or was that was that too? Yeah. Did that stick a little? Was that too soon? Too angry? Too rude? Yeah. Come on. Well, next topic. What's up? Da- David Roddy was a three star football prospect as well. So there you yeah. go. 
Yeah, I mean, I promise I didn't pretend to not know that just so I could drop that dime. Just look at the guy. All I you got to do yeah. is look at the guy. Yeah, so that makes a lot of sense. All right, let's move on to the Big Ten now. Purdue, Wisconsin. Here's a little nugget for you. Uh, Purdue has two losses in Big Ten play already. I don't think a lot of people understand that. Uh, they lost on the half-court buzzer beater to Rutgers and then most recently lost at home to Wisconsin. John Rothstein told us, uh, a few months ago that they're not going to lose at Mackey arena. Well, that happened brother. All right. They did in fact lose to the Wisconsin Badgers. And as much as it pains me to say this Badger team seems to be uh, a pretty damn good and they're going to be a tough out. And they're going to be one of those typical Greg guard teams uh, with, you know, the maturity of a 40 year old man, Brad Davison, who was lights out. If we're being honest, we poke fun at Brad. He was lights out. Um, and Wisconsin seems to be just a tough out. And, it kind of reminds me of their professional football team in Wisconsin. So let me do a little corollary here. In the offseason, there was a lot of turmoil with their leader. A lot of people coming out and saying, hey, we hate Greg Gard. There was leaked audio basically saying, we don't, we don't like you, Greg. We don't relate to you. We don't think you have our best interests at heart. Look at the Aaron Rodgers saga who, where he basically said, I want out. And now he's here. Now, they're obviously not the number one team in the country. They're not the number one seed in the NFC like the Packers are. But I think a lot of people, myself included, thought that this was going to be a Wisconsin team that was going to try and almost uh, unsuccessfully find their identity. It hasn't taken them a long time. They're ranked in the top 25. They've been flirting with that low 24, 25 ranked uh, area, but they will catapult into the top 20 after beating the top three, number three team on the road. Uh, so this Wisconsin team is proving to be dangerous for sure. Shark, were you able to catch any of that game? Do you have any general thoughts on Wisconsin or even Purdue who is sitting at somewhere in the middle of the big tent? Don't have a full file on either team yet. I, I am generally impressed with Wisconsin though. Big Johnny Davis fan. Um, if you're not at this point, then you're just a, you're a hater. So I, I'm on board with them. I'm going to be picking them for one of my picks that we have coming up on this show. And I, I think they are a vintage Greg Gard, excuse me, Wisconsin team. And I am grateful that you brought up those points about Greg Gard because everyone wanted to assassinate the guy last year. And sure, who, who was the point guard? I forgot his name, the little dude. Um, was it Trice? Was yeah. It the brother Trice? Yeah. It's, Not Travis Trice. But let's get, anyone got a lead on him right now? Like, come on. Jeez. I think he just turned like 26, which isn't a joke. Trice. I think he was literally, I think Brad, no, dude, Brad Davison was the youngest player on this, in that starting lineup last year. That was, remember they were older than like the Milwaukee Bucks or some shit like that last year. Yeah, probably. It's never a good look when you're, when you like try to show leadership and step up and say, you know, our culture is wrong and try to do things for the, future generation, right? You're, you're not doing this for you. You're doing this for the, the other ones. Well, the other ones have arrived. The cultures effectively stayed the exact same and they're just two stepping around. So you were just trying to do something for yourself to be, appear as a strong leader. When in reality, you look like a buffoon. Dimitri tries. Dimitri. And I wasn't joking. He turns 26 in May. That's ridiculous. Um, if you want to continue the comparison from the Packers to Wisconsin, I'll give you this. If you look purely at the stats alone, you won't figure out why this team is good at all. Because from a statistical perspective, they're fucking atrocious, to be quite honest with you. They shoot 29% from three. They only average like 70 points a game. Uh, they shoot 41% from the uh, just from the field in general. Uh, Wait, hang on. Did per- you say 70, 70 points per game? That's not bad. Is that bad? I mean, 
the top teams in the country average 88, 89 points a game. Okay. It's, I mean, the other stats are troubling. 70 points a game is fine when you're shooting like 48% from the field and yeah. 40% from three, right? But when you're inefficient and you're scoring low, like that's not ideal. So if you look at that, it's kind of strange as to how good they are. Um, defensively, they're fine. For, they average 42% against them, which is not, uh, which is pretty solid. But the thing is, you have to watch the team, right? And that's the key with Wisconsin. And honestly, it's been the key for Wisconsin pretty much ever since those kind of Frank Kaminsky days when they were absurdly efficient uh, offensively. And those were those teams were a misnomer from what Wisconsin basketball really is. And that is a slower style of basketball, grittier, a Brad Davison, if you will, style of basketball. Um, and, you know, if you look at Purdue on the other side – Everything statistically shows you that they should be one of the best teams in the country, which they are, but they're actually third to last now in the Big Ten in terms of their standings. Uh, I know we're just a couple games in. You know, I like Purdue a lot this year. Pepperoni Purdue, as I dubbed them earlier this year on this podcast. Uh, I would say this loss is a little troubling, though. You just can't, I, I think, as we've seen year over year, you just can't lose home games in college basketball and you can't lose home games in, uh, conference play that's for sure uh because obviously now you still have to go play i assume they go play at coal center this year i don't know what everybody's schedule and how fucked up it is for everybody but you know now you got to go on the road and try to beat like a wisconsin team so when it comes down to what the standings are at the end of the year you're essentially two and a half games back of uh of teams already and that's especially if they've already beaten you and that's a tough hill to climb especially as we're having games canceled you might not get that full 20 game schedule so on and so forth um johnny davis hopefully some people watch that game though because he's a legit like national player of the year candidate what do you have 37 yeah 37 he's averaging like 22 or 23 a game this year yeah so and that's on the road i mean you score 37 on the road against a top three team if you haven't been talking like I know you said on the road, but, like, there's levels, yeah, but like in Mackey itself, Shark, I think you said a Tuesday night in Mackey is one of the most harrowing experiences ever. Maybe it wasn't Tuesday, but weekday game on the road in Mackey is, is terrifying. It's a big win. It's a big win. Uh, I mean, I, the, citing their offense like that, uh, that's the way they play. They want to slow you down. They want to get in your face. They want to make you uncomfortable. They want to give you cheap shots when you're not looking, but sometimes they catch you looking on camera. Brad Davis, that's what they want to do. That's the way they play. Yeah, it's, it's very, very Wisconsin, very Wisconsin. So uh, I am a little – I'm not troubled by Purdue because when they're on, they're, they're very, very good. But they haven't dominated the past couple weeks. So the loss to Rutgers, this game here, the Nova game. Like they obviously beat Nova and, and lost the other two games that I'm referencing. But if you want me to put you up in an echelon like Baylor, right – I can't do it because Baylor's the number one team undefeated and they're smoking teams. They like those games are pretty much out of doubt. And when they when they played Iowa State, a top 10 team, it really wasn't up for debate who was going to win that game. Those are the types of performances you're looking for for a team where I'm just like, yeah, this is a buzzsaw. Uh Purdue is a very good team, but I don't necessarily know if they're a buzzsaw. And this actually goes back to my preseason prediction. I I had I I just looked at Purdue and the, and the Big Ten as a conference, and there's just so much damn attrition, and everyone's going to get up for Purdue, everyone's going to get up for Michigan State, people get up for all these other Michigan. By the way, is terrible. What the hell happened to them? 
what in the world happened to Juwan Howard? But I will pat myself on the back uh, for the Ohio State pick because at this moment right now, it's looking pretty tasty. Um, Purdue is the best. Statistically, you could argue they're the best offensive team in the country. Ken Palm has them at number one, but they're very middle of the pack defensively. Um, and that's really going to be their problem. You can't just be so one-sided when it comes to the ball or it comes to, you know, that those type of statistics. Uh, I know that not everything's stat-based, and I know that I always like to bring up stats, but when you have such a big variance between your offensive and defensive efficiency, that doesn't bode well for you in the tournament. Because when you have to play six games and hope that the other team is off all six times to get to the end of the tournament – that's just not going to happen. Some team is going to be on, whether it's the first team, first team you play or the sixth team you play. Um, one of those teams is going to knock down some shots. So when you're very middle of the pack defensively, it doesn't really matter even how good offensively you are. If the other team, if you allow the other team to run with you, so to speak. Yeah. I'm starting to wonder if Ken Palm gave you an ad deal or something with the amount of times you're citing it over there. You got to get use, into it. Me. Use, use code Taylor for 50% off your Ken so Palm much. subscription. My God, this guy's just relentless with the Ken Palm reference. Well, shit, no. it's not like it's not like any games actually happened the last two two weeks. It's, well, I got to cite something. Get out there, and get it on your own. Figure, you know, get you know, taste the dirt, you know, smell the air. I'm not, you know, get in there, feel for. I got my own. I do shark pop. All right, that's my that's my metric that I'm going off. Of. Analytics. I like that shark pop. All right, let's go ahead and. Uh... Wrap it up with a couple quick segments. Shark, I want to get you in on this because you're our ACC guy. The conference stinks. Really, really bad year for the ACC. I think there was a lot of hype for Carolina, which is talented. Hubert Davis's first year. There was a lot of hype for Florida State, who I think a lot of people are now questioning, has that window closed on Leonard Hamilton after the past couple of years where everyone yep. picked him to go to the Final Four? I think so, too. The only good team in that conference is Duke. And they might cruise to a one seed based on the level of play in the ACC. You got your boy in Chestnut Hill giving us quotes about climbing a mountain. What the hell's going on in, in ACC land? I don't know what you want me to tell you. Uh, I don't know why I'm the ACC, ACC guy. I root for the ACC. Because you went to BC. You went yeah, to BC. That, they're, the, they're the dwellers. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're horrendous. They were losing by 50 over the weekend. Um, but – I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't um, jump to that conclusion just yet. I still do see a couple tournament teams in there. Like I, I hate to say this, but Wake is actually kind of decent. Jack Labraca, whatever that guy's name is, he was a transfer from um, I think Indiana State. They beat Florida State last night. That's a win. It's still Florida State, so they're going to have talent. Uh, but I, I wouldn't give up on them just yet. Miami's having a decent year. North Carolina is good. Uh, I don't know why we're. We're doing the swan song for North Carolina over there just yet. I, mean, I, thought, beat, I thought they were going to be a perennially ranked top 20 team. 10 and 3. The whole world's on pause, all right? This is a pandemic, all right? Why don't you respect that? Knock, knock. I'm not going to – who's there? Pandemic, still here, all right? <laughs> I opened the door for that pandemic you two did, years I ago. I let it in. <laughs> Uh, but no, I, I, I'm not ready to send these guys off just yet, but it's, it's a pretty shitty league with some of the teams like Pitt, BC. Um, I saw Notre Dame live. I was at that game. I thought they were terrible, but they have since beaten Kentucky and kind of rallied a little bit and they got Mike Bright. I love that coach. Uh, but I, I don't think it's as disastrous as you're making it out to be. Well, so that's what I wanted to bring Taylor. And let me ask you, is this the worst ACC of our lives? Cause that's what Rothstein said. It's gotta be. I mean, there's only one ranked team in the ACC right now. Now, albeit it is number 
maybe the best team in the country, number two Duke. But, I mean, you, you got people like Pitt. You brought up Pitt. They lost to the fucking Citadel earlier this year. An ACC team. And that was at home, at Pitt. So, um, I know that's just one example. We could probably cite multiple other examples in there. And the Citadel, actually great team, also to bet on, generally. But they are just... There's no flash to the ACC. Maybe that's the other problem this year is I'm not really tuning into a lot of these teams expecting some great performances other than Duke and Huevos Rancheros and all those guys. So I guess the league just lacks any notoriety Nosh. this year. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Move me. It doesn't move me in this in the theater. No, like usually if I had a like a Louisville, Virginia game to watch on a Tuesday night, just because that's the only night anything happens in college basketball. Apparently I'd be like, Oh shit, that's going to be a great game this year. I'm like, okay, so you've got a team that kind of sucks against another team that is underperforming. And, and we usually don't get that from uh, the ACC that actually the ACC reminds me of like the PAC 12 uh, as it relates to the general fan this year, where it's like, Oh, why do I care about two unranked teams playing each other? And for us, we care like, you know, going back to our original discussion, when we open this program up, it's like, well, yeah, of course we care. But I think the average fan is like, okay, so why am I going to watch these two five loss teams play each other um, when there's clearly a lot other better things to do on Tuesday night, I guess, like watch any game in Mackey, I guess, for example. So, uh, no, I, I would say this is probably if not. If not the worst, it's definitely one of the three worst years for the ACC in our year lifetime. You think the Pac-12 is better? You think the Pac-12 is better in the ACC? I have three top ten teams. You guys have one. Did I ask you? So yes. Top yes. Ten? I, all right, thank yes. You. Yes. I do. Well, okay. so here's this is a this is a classic Pac-12 question though, because the top of the Pac-12 is always strong or generally really strong, but the bottom of the Pac-12 always is just fucking terrible, like horrifically bad. Rarely do you have a year where it's like, wow, all twelve teams in the Pac-12 are like decent. Uh, last year, I guess, was maybe a good example. What was that? Eight teams? I can't remember. Was it eight teams made the tournament from the Pac-12 last year? It was a lot, but whatever. They all made the Elite Eight or whatever the hell it was. Oregon State even. Um, I, I don't know if I can say that maybe this year that the bottom of the ACC is better than the bottom of the Pac-12. I know the top of the Pac-12 is better than the top of the ACC, but I don't know if the bottom is. Right now. So, I, But we got to be able to – so let's do it this way. Arizona is playing – North Carolina and Kansas City. What's the point spread in that game? Arizona Eight. minus five and a half. I was gonna say yeah. five and a half. Think yeah. so? God. Yeah. Hey, we got we got Carolina's boy, by the way. He's on our bench now. I don't know his name. he's an assistant coach, but yeah. Tolford. I don't I don't agree with that. I mean, here's what I here's what I'd rather watch. And what you know, in Indiana they have that like crossroads matchup with all the four Indiana teams. Why don't we get a court a little mini tournament of Oregon State Cal versus like BC and Pitt just the ineptitude bowl let's see how those four teams go uh, I'd watch that I'd watch that Ten- Tennessee beat North Carolina by 17 at a neutral site Arizona lost to Tennessee by three at on the road yeah. I mean Tennessee, I know that there's I know Tennessee's that there's significantly better than you I mean Tennessee didn't shoot 30 percent against North Carolina yes a, a, a three-point loss on the road is definitely a good indication that when we shot 30 percent by the way at the time of us at the time of us doing the show it's halftime Tennessee is a 17 point favorite against Ole Miss there you have 20 points in the first half 19 points <laughs> yeah. excuse me so, they're shooting I thought we fixed the offense shark we have all right 
All right, so, but we did against North Carolina. Is what I'm trying to uh-huh. say. Like those shots were going in, but I think it's That's closer true. to a pick'em. You and North Carolina. Uh, yeah. I don't know if anyone. No, there's not. They're literally like. Let's you go back. Think, to Ken, let's you go guys back think to you're Ken so good. You guys think your team is so good. I can't wait for it to blow up. Well, when you're the face. number really one not- team. When you're the number one team scoring team in the country and you're top 15 defensive efficiency, that literally equals you get Sweet that? 16 what, Elite Eight. What website? Let, what website you get any, that look at any of the metrics on any site. Okay. I've already closed out of my Ken Palm, uh, <laughs> right. uh, Ken Palm window. I've already I've already closed out of it, so I'm not even. That's sharp. Steve, we've gotten sharper. All we need is time. Time, time. Well, That's all here, we need. I don't I don't understand what makes you think so highly of North Carolina, though. Like, what is what have they shown you? Shark that Palm. Can... That's what it is. The eyes, man. I know what I'm looking at. So is is so is USC beating? Are they not beating you or North Carolina then in Kansas City? I don't think they are either. To be honest with you, I like North Carolina. I like that squad. Okay, UCLA. Uh, UCLA. UCLA will beat them. Okay. Yeah, UCLA. We, we yeah. got UCLA. Okay. We got we got a returning Final Four <laughs> participant. And, and but he had to think. He had to think about, about it yeah. though, just for a second to make sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's uh let's go ahead and finish it off now with some bets in, please, sir. I want some more. Please, sir. I want some more. What? What? Just for more. TD, you're up. Hit me. So uh, Shark already alluded to this, but I'm going to roll with him on this, assuming that he's picking Wisconsin uh, over Iowa. Uh, Wisconsin's only like a one, one and a half point favorite right now, coming off a road win at Purdue. Uh, Unless I'm missing something uh, in Vegas, this is one of those lines, I guess, that Shark would say stinks sometimes because you just can't really put your hand on why it would be so, so low. Uh, but I'll hop on any team that just beat a top five team on the road, um, especially when they're only you know giving a point and a half. So I'm taking Wisconsin. Uh, it's one of those that I was like, okay, this is, seems too too easy. So I don't know. We'll we'll see how that goes. But I'm taking Wisconsin minus one and a half. Uh, I'm going to stay in the Big Ten and I'm going to roll with Illinois minus eleven and a half over Maryland. As we've noted on this program before, I think Maryland is just terrible. I don't see any redeeming qualities really in that basketball team this year. Uh, Illinois, obviously we've talked about them a lot on this program as well. Uh, Good, good squad this year, 10 and three, they're seven, six against the spread, which isn't ideal, but I will take them at home. Funny enough, Maryland has won the last three matchups against Illinois. And I think that changes in a big way this year. So that's Illinois minus 11 and a half. And then I'm going to go to two of my favorite programs here. That's the Montana Grizzlies and the Eastern Washington Eagles. Shout out Eastern Washington, my mom's alma mater. Uh, I'm going to go with Eastern Washington at home, plus two over Montana, uh, nine and three against the spread this year, a team that might not necessarily win the regular season uh, in the big sky, but they would definitely be a contender to win the conference tournament towards the end of the year or at the end of the year. So that's Eastern Washington plus two over Montana. Right. Wisconsin to cover Iowa minus one and a half. Illinois to cover Maryland minus 11 and a half. And Eastern Washington to cover Montana plus two at home. Shark, go ahead. Also on Wisconsin, I referenced it earlier. Um, I don't know what my records is on the year. Did you get the Tennessee over Arizona one on the Wednesday night? Uh, For the Shark, I don't think you took that. 
I tweeted. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, no, but not on this program. You didn't tell us that. You guys already fudging numbers again. No, we didn't no, do, no, we no, didn't no. do the show that week. We didn't do the I think, show. I think, we're, I think we're tied, aren't we? What's, all, right, what are let me, well, all right, well, hang on. Yeah. I got to calculate this right yeah. now. Um, why don't, let, me, let me take a look. No, I got to calculate this because in yeah, the first calculate week, it later. Yeah, let me calculate it later because the first week you had Washington to cover against Arizona and that got COVID out. So why don't, why don't you just yeah, give me a picture? Didn't you, have, you, didn't you have two games canceled that week anyway? Why don't you go ahead and let that's me why, run the show here? That's why when I send one via tweet before the game starts, you got to be able to react to that. that should what is count. this? Look what at the time stamps? What the hell is this? I mean, there's got to be some order here. Why don't you go ahead and just give me your picks? Let me run the show, all right? All right. Well, Pass the ball. Saying, pointing out the fact that I tweeted it before the game Wednesday night, Mr. Wednesday night, got it. Um, that should count. I picked Wisconsin. Last year, Taylor and I were on the same side a couple times. I think we were right all the time. So factor to consider. Hopefully, when you wake up tomorrow and you listen to this, it is no longer, it is still at one and a half. Um, my sense is that it won't be. Uh, so that's one of my picks. And then, frankly, I mean, it's just so hard to get a get a, a file on these teams right now. I can't really do it. No one's played in like two weeks. So I'm just going to go with what my my intuition and my preseason picks would have been. And these are going to be blind lines again, Father. I, I mean, I, this is just the blind line year. I can't look at what's playing tomorrow. I see Ohio State's playing Indiana. I want to look at that game. I want to take Ohio State, but it's two and a half. Why is it two and a half? It's in Indiana. Kind of like Mike Woodson a little bit. Maybe stay away. Haven't played in forever. I'm not going to touch that. There's just a lot of things going through my head. So I'm just going to keep it simple. I'm going to run it up the middle. I'm going to get 40 yards. I'm going to take Xavier on the road against Butler. Xavier is my team. I got a guy that tells me that Butler is terrible. All right. My guy says that with a lot of confidence. So I'm just going to trust him and also trust my gut on Xavier. Blind line. Give me Xavier. My other pick is my preseason pick to win the title. This is not one of my two dark horses, all right? So to be clear, I have the dark horses that are ones that you don't expect to go very far. Last year, it was Houston and Ohio State. The year before, it was Oregon and Seton Hall. This year, it is Xavier and a team to be named later. It's not this team because they're too good. Kansas, blind line against Texas Tech. Kansas is going to pummel Texas Tech. All right? They can't keep up with the points there. Love Kansas this year. I do think... I should. I, I know. I after the U, the Auburn UConn game, I mentioned Auburn as being someone that I liked a lot. I don't know if that would count as a dark horse then, right now because they're a top ten team. So maybe I have to go find another one. You guys tell me. Oh, that's all right. But I'm glad you brought up Kansas. Love them as well. You know who I love especially? Christian Brown. So much. Nate Jacobs and Christian Brown. Jesus I have to bring Christ. it up every single time. Um, question here for uh, the other better of this group because you brought it up so like take ucla or you know who's playing their first game in forever against like long beach state or even usc against california do you think are you staying away from the teams that are coming off long breaks or are you just going with the teams that are clearly better than the other team uh i i don't know i I honestly don't know what i'm doing that's why I'm, i'm falling back on the teams that i liked at the beginning and i'm trusting my guys so i don't think they're Maybe you shouldn't take anything I'm saying with, with any sort of confidence. No, well, I, yeah. I, I, I'm going to – I guess you're going to do the same thing I'm doing, and that's staying away from them, I guess, for a game or two. Yeah. If you don't have a file on them, then – right. No file. Yeah. Fileless. Then they can start the file tonight, I guess. Walk, I walked into my office. I had a file cabinet. All right, one of those old school ones. I, I grabbed the handle. I wheeled it out. I looked in. No file. All right, it's not there. <laughs> 
we gotta go we gotta go uh you guys got any hugs shark you got any hugs i do actually have a hug quick story because i told you to remind me to tell this story and I, you never did so i'm on the flight the other day um and i'm <laughs> i just start cracking <laughs> the ones i hear um there's these two people sitting me in front of the flight right they're chatting it up the whole time i'm giving a hug not to one of those two people but for the guy that enters the story at the end um and these two people are talking about where they're from they're from winthrop massachusetts all right so that's like pretty much an island right outside of Boston, very small town. And they're talking super loud. I'm talking four rows back. Everyone can hear them talking about Winthrop this, Winthrop that, Winthrop, Winthrop, Winthrop. Uh, and they say, oh, you know this guy, you know that guy. And they're like, yeah, yeah, I know him. And then eventually from about four rows back, I hear someone go, Michael Ruzioni, <laughs> which is a call on the movie Miracle. Ruzioni is also from Winthrop. But this guy was just quoting Miracle from four rows back. I'm giving a hug to that guy. What a, what a refi. What a refi. Oh my goodness. I thought you were gonna I thought you were gonna tell us that the guy told him to shut the fuck up because I yeah. hate loud talkers on a plane. Even better. That's that was where you thought the story was going, but when it's a Ruzioni call, I have another great, actually not a Ruzioni one. We're getting late on this podcast. I'll tell it another day, but a great example of you know that in the movie when everyone's they're doing the suicide sprints back and forth and Hockey guys, get off my ass! If I, it's not called suicide sprints, all right. But they're this doing come that full circle. Hockey yeah. guys are gonna come after you. I know. And, and eventually, at the end, everyone keeps saying, "Hey, who do you play for? Who do you play for?" And it's like, "Yeah, I'm Tommy O'Sullivan, Minnesota. You know, I'm Jimmy O'Connor. I play for Boston College." And at the very end, it's Ruzioni. He goes, "Michael Ruzioni, United States of America." <laughs> Splice that in. Splice it hard right now. Michael Ruzioni. Went through Massachusetts. Who do you play for? I play for the United States of America. But I have a story about exactly that, but in the Marine Corps. So, teaser. We're all we're all waiting with bated breath, Taylor. Well, wait. How about hugs? you just wait? Wait like a month because then it'll be the Winter Olympics, and you can then it'll be like very topical. As a guy who quotes Miracle literally at least four times a week, yeah, you're minimum, the Herb Brooks guy. Yeah. Minimum, I love that story. Love that story again. You and the shark should put on a play again. <laughs> um, what am I doing? We're doing hugs. hugs okay, yeah. yeah. Excuse me. Okay, so I'm gonna hug. Uh, not because of their name. I'm going to hug Taylor University, uh, who was able to uh, restart their Silent Night tradition uh, after it was being can- after it was canceled last year. Uh, if you don't know the Silent tri- Night tradition, it's when the uh, fans at Taylor University wait until the tenth point is scored, and they're completely silent silent the whole time. And when the tenth point is scored, they uh, go crazy, rush the court throw a bunch of shit on the court, the whole deal. Um, the school has actually lost what I was surprised. They actually lost one of those silent night games because I think they schedule like a Southern University, East, West, Middle Technical University uh, generally on that night. So they win. Um, they have lost one of those. But yeah, they were able to redo it uh, again the other night after uh, missing last year because of COVID. So hug to them. Really terrific tradition. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad that it is back. My hug is going to be for... Lou Carnesecca, the legendary head coach uh, for St. John's. He celebrated his 97th birthday yesterday. 
Guy's still going strong, still shows up to some games in that iconic sweater of his. Lou Carnesecca, hug for you. Happy birthday. And I also have to give you guys a little piece of trivia. Do you know what Lou Carnesecca's real first name is? Lou is short for something. It's short for Luigi. That just put him up even higher in my book. Wow. I did not know that he was Luigi Carnesecca, although I probably could have put two and two together. But Lou Carnesecca, hug for you. Happy birthday. Thank you all again for listening. We're going to try and get better each and every week. All the shark and I need are time. Taylor over here is sharp. Uh, but you know what? We're going to get better each and every week. This was a grind for me. I'm not going to lie. I cannot wait to end this podcast right now. I love you guys, but I got to get the hell up out of here. Have a good one. When you're in love, seems like the sky's always great. <laughs>